Raju Nirmala Devi arrived in New York uh, on Monday, the 26th of October. She's going <coughs> to give two public meetings here. Uh, has a good deal of time touring around the world, holding meetings, and granting self-realization, which she says is a gift that all have the right to. Your Holiness, a young girl, you've had a vision of a new heaven and a new earth. According to your view, with man's cooperation, can they exist simultaneously? Yes, of course, of course. This is a beautiful can question. You comment anything you want. Uh, I mean, it's only they who make the heaven or the hell. So if they decide to have the heaven, they'll have it. Your Holiness, I understand that your father was a member of the Indian Congress. Yes. And that as a young girl, you lived at Mahatma Gandhi's ashram. Mm, not only that, but I took a very, very active part in the struggle of independence. And my hero was your president, uh, Abraham Lincoln. I always uh, appreciated the way he fought for the right and I took very, very uh, special part at my young age when I was hardly about 18 or 19 years of age, uh, in 1942, and I must say the great Britishers, they tried to trouble me quite a lot. They put me on the electric shocks and put me on the ice and put me in all kinds of troubles. It's all right. One has to forgive them. Did either of these relationships with your father and with Mahatma Gandhi affect the development of your ideas or your worldview? No, I was witness to their ways of life. And uh, I felt about Mahatma Gandhi that he was the type of man we needed to get out of the slavery of India. That was like, I can say, a, like a boat which we need sometimes in emergency when there's a flood. But after you have reached the shores, you don't use the same boat. So those who are still carrying on with the same ideas, we have nothing to fight now for our freedom. We have freedom. Your Holiness, because of the nature of man's mind, man has become enmeshed in a technology of glass and steel and a technology of imagery. Man's early conditioning by parents and school and church, state, and the conditioning that he encounters from industry and the media have overprogrammed him. As you have said, whether he knows it or not, man's true and innermost desire is to become a hollow flute through which the joy of the universe may be sounded. But first it's necessary for him to clear out the debris of materialism and commercialism. How can this be accomplished? No, I do not say that he should do that in the beginning. I do not say now because it's rather difficult. If you are in the mud, it's difficult to get out of it. But best thing is to get out of it and clean yourself. That's a better way of doing it. So Sahaja Yoga is the other way round, that first you get your realization, see for yourself, stop your car, see. Uh, how it is by getting out of it. But conditioning, I must say, that conditioning is not the only problem you have. 
If you do not have conditioning, you have another side which is the ego, which is even worse. If you do not have any conditioning, there is this ego. The central path is that you must have good conditioning. Your Holiness, if a man's first commitment is to Madison Avenue or to General Motors or to his profession, will such a commitment form a block to the evolution of a higher consciousness? You see, actually in the subconscious, or we can say in the unconscious, his commitment is only to his higher evolution. That is the most powerful thing, is hidden below. If somebody can manifest that within him, then he becomes employed by God and he forgets all other things. You see, his employment to God becomes the topmost. By that employment, as Krishna has said, yoga kshema vahamyam, means once you get the yoga, you get the well-being. So you don't have to worry so much about material things or about your employment, everything. It works out so spontaneously, you become a dynamic personality. So would you be saying that while rational thought uh, may be a useful and practical tool, that it uh, is not really an effective tool for finding the highest truth? No, first you must come to logical conclusion. Rationality is rather dangerous, but logical conclusion you should come to that what you must be, what should become of you and what is the achievement so far we have had by doing all these things on this level. And then once you come to the logical conclusion that this is not the end of everything, there has to be something better and if it has to be, it has to be in your awareness, in a living way we can understand that there has to be something that is available through the spontaneous happening of a living process of your evolution. If so, if you reach that stage of understanding, then Sahaja Yoga is the only answer. Your Holiness, in psychology today, some have emphasized reason, cognition, and some have emphasized emotion and imagery. Others say that by balancing the cerebral hemispheres and by using imagery, music, movement, that these means will aid men in discovering his self. But other therapists say that transformation comes through relaxation, through breathing and meditation. There are so many options. How are we to choose? Where does peace and joy for man really these are all relative terminologies, that's why there's confusion, you see, because we live in relative world. We have to jump onto something absolute, and absolute is your spirit. Once you have the spirit, you see, you will find all these things are lifeless. There is no heart in these things, it's all superficial. But once you have your spirit awakened in them, everything will have a meaning, will have a scientific uh, understanding that how to approach with particular thing, what music is good for your spirit, uh, what kind of movements are good for your spirit, what kind of relaxation uh, is achieved, all these things fall in place as if you are put on the light and now you can see the chaos and you can put it right. Your Holiness, if as many uh, wise and holy men have taught and as modern physics maintains, the world we perceive with our senses is an illusion. How do we discriminate between illusion and reality? Again the same thing, because unless and until there is light, you live with illusion, so we must have the light. The light is the spirit. When the spirit comes to you, 
you first time feel the all-pervading power. Of course it is there, because you see a flower becoming a fruit, you see so many living things happening. But science cannot say how, why, why there is gravity, how there is gravity, how, how a flower becomes a fruit. They cannot explain. All these things cannot be done by human beings, because it is done by some other power, and that power is the all-pervading power of God's love. But you have not felt it in your central nervous system, in your consciousness. After realization you start feeling it, so the first time you know this is the reality that works out all the living things. So all the living work is a real work, the rest is all dead. Your Holiness, through the ages it's been man's goal to become objective and thereby become detached and peaceful. Can man, as the Buddhists desired, become a spontaneous and innocent being, in a sense be reborn, and still remain in the world, or must he retire to the seclusion of a monastery to discover his true self? No, not at all. That's not necessary at all. It's absolutely wrong to go to run away. That's an escape. There's no need to escape. Buddha did it that time because it was necessary uh, for people to get out of their mundane things. That time was different, but today it is not necessary at all. The uh, people must know one thing, that when you are in the confusion you cannot solve the problem. You have to get out of the confusion to see the problem and the solution. So after realization actually become a dynamic person. You have to live here, you don't have to run away anywhere because you are entitled uh, to a fearless life, to a life of complete understanding and penetration. Why should you run away then? Then you are there and you are very powerful. Your Holiness, you have given spontaneous self-realization to thousands at one time. When it is so difficult for a man to discover his true self by his own effort, how is it possible to receive self-realization spontaneously en masse? Once you understand that it is a living process, you will know all living processes are very simple. To sprout a seed, what you have to do is to put, her, put the seed in the mother earth, that's all. It's a simple thing. Always living processes have to be simple. Of course, there is a complicated thing behind it, a big organization, but it is all done by God and His powers, which are multifold, thousandfold than what human beings have. So for Him it is simple, because He is so empowered by all these powers, so He can do it. For human beings it is difficult. But why should they do it? They cannot do any living work, so they should leave it into the hands of God. Are there some signs by which an individual can recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit when they obtain Self-Realization? The whole of Sahaja Yoga is that thing but the science of the Divine Laws. You have to verify it. Now say, for example, we say that our hand starts speaking. Now ask about ten children who are realized souls. Uh, close their eyes. Ask them, what is a particular uh, seeker is? They all will raise the same finger and say, he's catching on this finger, you see. This is the living subjectivity that they have. So would you be saying then that peace and an, an awareness of uh, without thought 
or uh, some symbols such as the ancient scriptures indicated as a cool breeze or a uh, dilation of the eyes or vibration in the body would be felt by the seeker? Yes, of course. Everything you get in one, one, one uh, happening, that you feel the cool breeze in your hands, feel the cool breeze coming out of your fontanel bone area, that means you get a real uh, baptism. You also uh, feel other things that you said is the dilatation of the pupil. When the Kundalini is rising, you do feel the dilatation of the pupil. But it is just for the time being when the Kundalini is rising above the Agya. But later on you get a sparkle in the eye. A realized soul has a sparkle in the eye, whether they are young or old. So, so many things happen. Your skin improves and uh, sometimes I have seen varicose veins, especially uh, if somebody tries to treat the varicose veins, suddenly you find the color of the thing changes. Even the hands, people can say the hands which are rough suddenly become very smooth and the fingers uh, become shiny, fingertips. And some people who have dark hands, their hand starts becoming shining and the face becomes shining. It's, you can see it. So then you be saying that uh, self self-realization or enlightenment as attained through Sahaja Yoga affects a the functioning of the body's physiology yes. in a positive way. Yes, yes, you can see. That it's related to the nervous system, to the endocrine system, to the brain, to the respiratory and the digestive systems, and there'd be a general improvement of the metabolism. Of course. It is because you touch your roots. You see, all these things are nourished on the roots and when you touch the source of the roots, immediately the effect is there, felt everywhere, no doubt about it. Moreover, on physical level, you can even see the pulsation of the Kundalini, uh, you can see the pulsating at the uh, sacrum bone in some people where there is obstruction, so clearly as if a heart is uh, pulsating, you can feel the pulsation on top of your head, all, all these things you can feel clearly. Then we could say, Your Holiness, that Sahaja Yoga as a discipline would affect a real change in the life of the individual. Of course, I mean, that's the only way you can be transformed. There's no other way. I cannot think of any other way. Sahaja Yoga means born with you, spontaneous, the, the power to make one with the Divine. That is the Sahaja Yoga. Yes. But today we should call it a Maha Yoga means it is an amas happening. It used to be Sahaja Yoga from the very beginning when Buddha got realization. It was through Sahaja Yoga, no doubt. But that time it was an individualistic thing. Today it is a blossom time, so thousands have to get it, so it is a Maha Yoga. Your Holiness, I understand you introduced Sahaja Yoga in 1970 in India and England, and that there are many centers throughout the world and in the capitals of Europe. Does Sahaja Yoga emphasize the physical body like Hatha Yoga or does it deal more with the aspects of the subtle body and no. the spirit? You see, Sahaja Yoga is first establishment of the spirit, which is Sanskrit called Ishwara Pranidhan. It is one of the uh, uh, one of the angas, one of the aspects of Hatha Yoga. That first you must have Ishwara Pranidhan, means you must establish your God. Once you have established your God, then you have to also look after where are other 
problems are. Supposing you have problems on physical side, then you can solve those problems. If you have emotional problems, you can solve them. Then if you have ego problems, you can solve them. Thus you have all these so-called yogas are there which can be used. But first is to establish your Realization. So the first is establishment of your Realization and then correction of your being in that light. So these two things are actually for the time being we can say is the realm of Sahaja Yoga which people start uh, doing in the beginning. Sri Mataji, will Sahaja Yoga also affect a change in the collectivity, in the social fabric itself? Yes, of course, because you become one with the collective being. You see, we talk of all races being one, all nations will be, being one, we are brothers and sisters, but still we war against each other, we hate each other and all these problems are there. But we have something within us that's called as the spirit, which is the collective being, which has given us these ideas of collectivity, of having one uh, unity or one government or one organization dealing with all the other governments. So all this becomes a reality because you become in your awareness the spirit is not shining. So to become is very different from just giving you lectures, you see, giving you a brainwash that you are a brother and a sister, but actually you become nobody's other. You become the part and parcel of the whole. You become. Again, Sahaja Yoga is the becoming. That's why it is difficult for some people because they would like to pay for it or sort of become members of it or do some sort of an artificial thing than to become. Your Holiness, does your name have a meaning that you could translate for us? Yeah. Sri Mataji Nirmala Devi. Can you translate that for us? Sri Mataji is the title given to me uh, by many sages and it means, Sri means uh, the Holy Ghost. Mataji means the uh, Divine Mother, but Nirmala, the simple name, means Immaculate. The Nira, the first part of word Nira means the one born out of the water. Nila means the one which is born of an, out of the uh, Akasha, is uh, the sky or the ether. And Nima means where everything finishes off. So it has also breaking points, but the, on the whole it means Immaculata or the pure, Nirmala means. Uh, also it also means Nishkalanka, means the one which has no spots on it. And this is the name of the last incarnation uh, as described in uh, the Indian scriptures. But uh, apart from that my surname that is after my marriage is Sri Vastava. Sri means the Holy Ghost and Vastava means in reality. Apart from my, that, my surname was before marriage was Salve. Now you know that Salve, uh, in a uh, in Spanish language, was first used by Gabriel when he saw uh, Mary. He said Immaculata Salve. So that was my name. Uh, so all these things are there to tally. Your Holiness, I understand that you teach that future incarnations of a collective nature will be unnecessary and that the time for individual incarnations such as Buddha and Christ is past. That sounds as if man himself is the new God we have been waiting for. 
you comment on this rather startling idea? It is not startling at all, because if you become the part and parcel of the whole, you become the gods. Definitely you are the awakened people in the body of God, so you are part of God and so you are God. I mean a drop in the ocean is the ocean. In the same way you to become such, there is nothing startling, this is what it is. But before that happens, perhaps maybe an incarnation uh, may start sorting out the people who will be part and parcel and who will be just a waste. Your Holiness, why? right at this vital point in the evolution of consciousness, are we overrun with so many false gurus who take our money? I understand you take no money in your teaching. How can you pay for it? How can you pay? It is insulting even to think of it, isn't it? It is God's love. You cannot pay for it. What do we pay for what He made us human beings? Do we pay anything for that? How can we pay for it? It's ridiculous. It's the ego of man who thinks he can buy God. Apart from that, the other question that you asked uh, about, uh, what was it? If at this vital point in uh. evolution, why are these false gurus appearing on the scene? Yeah. You see, it is uh, the announcement uh, that Many seekers will be born at this time, which they know, they are aware of it. They being the devils and the standing forces, they know the devils will be born. So this was a good chance for them to come in the market, to exploit them, take their money and ruin them completely so that they do not get their realization. And those people who go to these fake gurus are very difficult uh, for me because they argue too much and even if they stop arguing, arguing they don't understand that within them there are such problems that it is difficult to raise the Kundalini and I have seen some of them have such Kundalini which is absolutely wounded and is just tossing the head with helplessness to come up and she does not know how to uh, rise because she falls limply back again. So it's a very difficult task to give realization to people who have bowed their foreheads before these horrible satanic people because they have impressed their ego or maybe their superego, whatever it is. Many discover that instead of finding peace when they follow the teachings of these gurus, finding peace when they follow the teachings of these gurus, that meditation becomes a boiling pot and a cause of illness and disease. What is wrong when this happens? What is wrong with the nervous system? Oh, they, what they do is to play on your sympathetic nervous system. You see, what they do that they tell you to do something about it, like they may ask you to dance or they may ask you to stand on your heads or they may ask you to uh, do heavy breathing, indiscriminate, all kinds of physical things. They may even 
work on your mind by uh, possessing you through hypnosis. You see, some people turn the Agnya Chakra and say, this is knowledge, they hypnotize people. By that hypnosis, people, I have seen people getting even leukemia with this kind of a behavior, that you can put a spirit into a person, hypnotize them, and with the hypnoti hypnosis people can get into terrible problems, they can even become mad with that. And cancer and all these diseases can come to you. If the guru has died of cancer, then one should be sure that a guru has himself died of a cancer, then how can he cure you or how can he give you help? So all this will happen. And these people are evil geniuses. They actually hypnotize you. They, uh, they do not only do brainwashing, but they hypnotize you. And hypnosis can make you uh, uh, ride two horses at the same time. And when that happens, you get exhausted with it. And then when you are exhausted, they hit you harder. Also they give you certain diets which are not good for you, which are not healthy, and you suddenly become very weak and then you hit, then they hit you more because they want to extract all the money from you. They have other weaknesses also like lust, so they also work on that. The worst is that they teach you something that is against God. That is, they teach you sex habits, uh, they teach you to take drugs and things like that which are against your awareness. And thirdly, they may teach you a system by which you become an abnormal uh, monastic fellow, by which you give up your normal life, married life and all that, and uh, you lead a life of asceticism, which is dangerous to human beings. Uh, it is only uh, possible for people to be ascetics who are realized souls. They can be ascetics, but not for people who are not realized souls. Your Holiness, is it possible that the Divine Mind has conceived of mass realization as a means of empowering man with a weapon against the collective forces of evil? Will that strengthen man? Will realization strengthen man in his battle against evil? No, it was uh, decided beforehand. It was all known that it was to happen. It's uh, nothing new idea that's coming from divine. It was all their plan. It was to be done. But one mistake was committed in the beginning. I would say when, when Adam and Eve committed the mistake. You see, if, if they were innocent and they were left as they were with their freedom intact. You see, once they were given freedom, they ran amok. You see, so we had to uh, plan out something else. And in that planning, naturally, the divine planned out a system. Uh, in which they sent incarnations to guard you, to bring you out of this ignorance and all that, and to give you a life of balance, and then the real ascent, so that you enter into the kingdom of God. So this was all planned out. But the time is today, the way man has managed the whole thing, the evil forces have uh, uh, been effective, that the human destruction is evident if they do not take to realization. So it goes hand in hand, I think. Your Holiness, you teach that innocence is the basis of wisdom. Can you explain what this means? This means that innocence has the power to be wise. It cannot be explained more. It's like uh, if you put on the light, it gives light. It's like that. It is innocence is wisdom. Not rational thought. No, not at all, because rationality can be anything. Rationality is not wisdom at all. Innocence is. Innocence is.
because through innocence you have that penetration and understanding and that expansion by which you see everything. Innocence is the essence of wisdom. If Sahaja Yoga aids in making the mind a mirror to reflect a solution to its own problems, then would it be possible to say that a self realized soul, or as you call them, Sahaja Yogis, would be their own guru? Yes, of course. That is what, of course, that they, we all have got within ourselves the principle of guru. And once it is awakened, you become your own guru, because you start seeing yourself what's wrong with you, you start seeing others what's wrong with them, and so you become your own guru and also guru of others. But you do not say you are guru because you do not want to challenge their ego. But in a way you have an effect on them because you are saner person. And uh, this understanding comes to you after you have achieved a certain height in Sahaja Yoga also. There is a difference between a realized soul and a Sahaja Yogi. The realized soul is just a realized soul in the sense that he can at the most feel the vibrations from my photograph or maybe that uh, uh, he can see things as witness and all that. But he doesn't know the art of Kundalini, he doesn't know how to give realization, he doesn't know the decoding of it. Sahaja Yogi is a person who is equipped with all this knowledge. Apart from that he is a realized soul. Then Your Holiness, after Self-realization, when the mind is enlightened and attention is sustained, is a power built up within to a point where enlightenment can be passed on to another? Yes, of course. If as, as soon as you get your enlightenment, the power, the Divine power starts flowing through your hands, and after a little bit understanding of the whole system, that is the human system, you can give realization to others, no doubt about it. That's, that's the manifestation of the power of your own spirit, because it has come into your awareness, into your being. That means you are the master of it. Would you say that this means of enlightenment is a part of the divine plan and that it is urgent that there is a historical imperative, that man cooperate now in order that he may prepare himself with his own will to take part in the next evolutionary leap it of is consciousness? Now, it is now or never, that's the point. It is imminent, apart from that it is historical, it's built up to this point now. It's absolutely historical, followed Traditionally, one after another, all these things have come. The tradition is built within us as the chakras, and now it's all ready to happen. And if people do not accept it now, there's no way out. And one last question, Your Holiness. If this change that is about to occur in man's consciousness is of an evolutionary nature and was genetically programmed. Is there any way in which man can accelerate it? 
yes it would be accelerated if there are sufficient number of sahajogis it's easier like having more channels to channelize this power you see. of course after certain reaching a certain point the progression starts in a we can say in a geometrical way thank you very much your holiness may god bless उनके सुख शोभा शांति ऐश्वर्य सबसे परिपूर्ण कर यह परमात्मा का काम ये नहीं है कि एक आदमी चोरी करता है चकारी करता है झूठ बोलता है और मैं गरीब हूँ गरीब हूँ बन करके दुनिया भर में घूमता है उसके जाके चरण छू ये फिलानथ्रॉफिक वर्क जो है ये मनुष्य का काम है इसको पूरी तरह से हमको समझ लेना चाहिए मैंने पूछा कि भाई ये ईसाई लोग काय को फिलानथ्रॉफिक काम कर रहे जा गए वो तो ईसाई बनाने के पीछे में कहीं आदिवासी लोग बैठे हो वहाँ पहुँच गए फिलानथ्रॉफिक वर्क करने के लिए सबको ईसाई बनाते हैं गधे को तुम कुछ भी बनाओ ईसाई बनाओ और मुसलमान बनाए तो गधा बनाओ वो गधा ही रहेगा उसके ऊपर में आप सिर्फ वो नंबर बदलने से कुछ फ़र्क थोड़ी पड़ने वाला है पर यह बेवकूफ़ सोचते हैं कि उससे हमारी डेमोक्रेसी बढ़ती उसका पॉलिटिक्स बना दिया इन लोगों वो जो भी हो उनसे आप सीधे पूछे फिलानथ्रॉफी आप क्यों करते तो उन्होंने उसमें बाइबल का जो उदाहरण दिया वो बड़ा मज़ेदार है और देख आपको पता होगा कितने बेवकूफ़ लोग होते हैं उसमें यह उदाहरण दिया उन्होंने कि एक बार जूडा ने मारी मगदाली ने एक तेल बहुत महंगा तेल खरीदा और ला, वो लाई और ईसा मसीह से कहने लगी कि मैं चाहती हूँ कि तुम्हारे शरीर को मैं इसे मालिश करूँ तो जूडा ने कहा कि भाई इनके शरीर पर इतना महंगा तेल क्यों तुम वेस्ट कर रही हो ये तो बेच गरीबों को बांट दे वो थे ना फिलानथ्रॉफिक उन्होंने अंत में आपको मालूम है ईसा मसीह को पकड़वा दिया था वो भी जो तीस रुपए मिले थे वो भी उन्होंने गरीबों को बांटे हुए जैसे अपने यहाँ बहुत से ब्लैक मार्केटर्स हैं इधर ब्लैक मार्केट करते हैं और वहाँ जाकर के मंदिर के सामने उठ के रो, रोटियाँ बांटते हैं या जाकर के किसी और साधु बाबा को पैसा देते हैं और इस तरह से वो अपने आत्मा को संतोष करते हैं चलो भाई हमने थोड़ा ब्लैक मार्केट किया लेकिन थोड़ा बहुत तो हमने फिलानथ्रॉफिक काम भी तो कर लिया पुण्य का काम भी कर लिया तो उसी प्रकार उन्होंने कहा कि ये जो पुअर लोग हैं उनको तुम दे दो जूड़ा साहब तो ईसा मसीह ने उस वक्त ये जवाब दिया कि दिस पुअर आर फॉर एवर बट आई एम फॉर अ शॉर्ट टाइम मतलब यह है कि डिवाइन लाइफ जो है वो शॉर्ट टाइम के लिए आई हुई है उसको देखो उसका महत्व है ये पुअर तो हमेशा का ही सरदर्द है और बहुत रईस लोगों के लिए भी उन्होंने कहा था कि इट इज ईजी फॉर अ कैमल टू पास थ्रू द नूस ऑफ एन ईडल बट इट इज एन इम्पॉसिबिलिटी फॉर अ रिच मैन टू गो एंटर इन द किंगडम ऑफ गॉड ये दोनों एक्सट्रीम्स को उन्होंने थ्रू आउट अपने लाइफ में बताया कि ये दोनों एक्सट्रीम्स को आप खत्म करें और ईसाई लोग इस एक्सट्रीम पे तो भी हैं नहीं तो उस एक्सट्रीम पे तो भी अब वो फिलानथ्रॉफिक काम करें अपने यहाँ भी बहुत से लोगों ने उनको देखे मिशन खड़े करें और इस मिशन से जो लोग आते हैं पार नहीं होते वो कहते माँ हम तो इतना मिशन का काम करें हाँ करो सरकारी तौर से करो प्राइवेट तौर से करो आप इसको कहो कि ये सार्वजनिक कार्य है सबको अच्छाई है इसके लिए यहाँ बहुत से नाम भी हैं सोशल वर्क कहो इसे लेकिन परमात्मा का यह कार्य नहीं मिसअप्रोप्रिएशन करने की कोई जरूरत नहीं परमात्मा का कार्य तो अबाधित बहता है जैसे अब लोग कहेंगे माँ अभी तो लोगों को बीमारी ठीक करती हम कुछ करते धरते थोड़ी है वो तो ठीक हो जाते हैं अपने आप हम कुंडलिनी को जागरूक करते ठीक हो जाते 
हम कोई उसका कार्य नहीं कर रहे हैं कि हम जाकर के कहीं अस्पताल में पहुंचे वहां 25 बीमारों को ले आओ उनको ठीक करो ये तो अपने आप ही गठित हो जाता है क्योंकि ये हमारे अंदर से बहने वाला जो प्यार है उससे कोई ठीक हो जाता हो जाए ईसा मसीह ने भी लोगों को ठीक किया था क्योंकि उसके अंदर से बहने वाली जो एनर्जी थी उसे लोग ठीक हो गए लेकिन वो जाकर के किसी की चरण सेवा वहां करने बैठे नहीं थे इस बात को पूरी तरह से मनुष्य को समझ लेना चाहिए जो गलतियां इन लोगों ने की है वो आप लोग मत करें आपका कार्य है कि आप स्वयं आत्म साक्षात्कार प्राप्त करें आत्म साक्षात्कार प्राप्त करने के बाद आपके अंदर ये सब शक्तियां स्वयं जागृत हो जाती माने आप किसी की बीमारी ठीक कर सकते हमारे यहाँ बहुतों ने कैंसर तक ठीक किया सही बात इसमें कोई छूट नहीं कैंसर सिर्फ सहयोग से ही ठीक हो सकता है ये भी बात है अभी यहाँ जिन्होंने मेरे गले में 